Are you showing up in your relationships as the real you, or are you caught in the trap of approval addiction? If you're afraid to be honest, if you hate disappointing others, or you put too much weight on criticism or praise, this episode is for you. Today's guest knows firsthand how to break free from people-pleasing and no longer be held hostage by other people's opinions. There is a greater level of intimacy with God and other people in your lives when you let people see who you truly are. So lean in, because this conversation has the power Power to change your life. Hey everyone, welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and I just want to thank you for joining us today on season six of the podcast. This is going to be such a great conversation today because I am super pumped to have one of Todd and my mentors dear friends and just an incredible leader in the body of Christ, Lance Witt. And Lance and Connie are dear friends of ours. Lance has been leading in churches and um, Christian organizations for the last 40 years. He is also a strategic consultant for many churches, a life plan coach, and the author of three amazing books. And Lance, I have read all three of them, Replenish, High Impact Teams, and his newest book, Your One Life, Own It, Live It, Love it. He's also the founder of Replenish Ministries, and he's completely devoted to helping people find out their calling, live out their purpose, and and finding out how to really invest in churches so that they can lead with a healthy soul and with the highest impact possible for the kingdom of God. And you have been such a dear friend to Todd and me and Lance. Just welcome to the podcast. Wow, thank you. That is such a kind and gracious introduction. <laughs> and I know the reason you've read my books is because you're actually in most of them, I think. So there's something about Todd and Julie in my in the, all my books. So I've just loved being a friend of you guys and love what God is doing through you at Christ Fellowship. So, man, I'm honored just to be part of the conversation today. Yeah, we've been running alongside each other for quite some time. Yeah. And um, you actually were so pivotal in Todd and my transition into senior leadership at the church. Todd and you were both executive pastors back in the day. And then and then you launched out to start the ministry of replenish, keeping pastors holy, healthy, and humble. And we were like, we want to be all of that. We're not sure if we're that, but we're gonna we're gonna invite Lance in. And you've just been a part of our church family. You are one of our elders at the church, and just really an honor to have you here today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Lance, this season of the podcast is all about carrying God's light into our everyday lives and reflecting Him in everything that we do. But reflecting Christ as Christ followers doesn't mean that we're all going to look the same, right? We each have this very unique reflection, this unique masterpiece that God's created us to be, and and he made us all unique with diverse personalities, strengths, and weaknesses. Um, but I also think sometimes that as Christ followers, we may think that that we're reflecting Christ when we might just be reflecting the culture around us or reflecting what we want others 
to believe that we are. And I believe there's just such a, a calling on your life to be able to help others to really live out their unique God calling in the most authentic way possible. And yet that can be a challenge in our culture when it comes to, you know, our social media driven culture that can cause us to compare, you know, highlights our insecurities. And for those out there that might want to be a true reflection of this authentic person that God created them to be, but might be struggling, what would you say to them? And and how would you how would you speak into their life? I think if I could sit down with somebody like that and have a cup of coffee and they would share maybe their struggle, the first thing I would say to them is just welcome to the human race. <laughs> like I think I think these issues of living from our, our from our authentic self is really a universal struggle that we all deal with. And I think for all of us, if you go back to our earliest days on the planet, we have voices telling us you know, how we should be and who we should be and what we should do with our lives. And especially in those adolescent years where we're so moldable and where they're so formative that we have these powerful voices in our lives. And what begins to happen is we begin to form scripts and stories that we tell ourselves and a narrative that we live by. And it's not long before I think we learn how to sort of play the game of life so that I get the response from you that I want so that I feel affirmed by you so that I don't feel rejected by you. But the problem is over time, there's this widening gap between who we really are and then the image that we begin to project to others so that they will think about us the way we want them to, right? And so recently I read a little book, very small little book, but in it the authors talked about that when we are born, God gives us these sealed orders for our life. Mm. And Julie, your orders are different than mine, and you're, you, you know, they're unique to your personality and your wiring and your calling by God. And part of our job in life is to discover that authentic kind of calling that God has on our life to be the only us that we can be. And I remember in the book, the authors talk about that the sealed orders are not, first of all, a task that we're to complete, but they're more about our way of being. And that just really resonated with me because I think there's some people who are listening to the podcast and really it's time for them to sort of begin to open that envelope and discover your special way of being to shed some of the labels and the voices and to discover who you are at your very core so that no matter what conversation you're in, what relationship, what job you're performing, that who shows up is the real you. And when that yeah. begins to happen, like we come fully alive, we function in our sweet spot, and then we're beginning to live out from those sealed orders. But I, I, I would also just say if we were having a cup of coffee like, but it's a journey. Right. So just take a breath, <laughs> relax. And the good news, part of my journey, Julie, and you know a lot about this with me, is there can be victory yeah. in this. But it's going to take some time, and it's going to be an incremental process, right. but you can experience victory. That's so good. And when, you, when you're talking about victory, I think that that what you're talking about is just being free yes. from the the need of everybody else's approval, right? Yeah. And being free to become 
exactly who God created you to be and not living under the bondage of what we've talked about many times of approval addiction, right? It is so easy, especially I think both you and I are in a profession, right, that that it actually serves people and we you know and and there's this natural desire in all of us to want to win the approval of others and and i love what you said earlier you said that you know this is about us being human beings and not we're not human doings right this is about who we are and not what we do right but we we are human and there are a lot of times that we we want and we seek the we seek others approval for the things that we do and we think we need that to be able to to be successful to be happy right we think we need the approval of others and and we we live in a culture i think is rampant with approval addiction i'd love for you to talk just a little bit about that what are some signs and some symptoms that that we need to look out for to to know whether or not we are actual approval addicts? Well, I can quickly run through a list that all <laughs> flow out of my own painful journey around this, but I, I think some of the signs you probably might look for if you struggle with this is, one, you're just constantly gauging people's response to you. Mm-hmm. Like, right, you're always measuring, like, are they satisfied? Are they okay with me? Do I feel like I'm okay with them? I would say another sign is that disappointing people tends to really crush you, right? It's not easy for anybody, but when you are an approval addict, like, you live with that sense of disappointing others really deeply. I would say people like us, we tend to avoid conflict like the plague, right? So we learn how to make nice. Did you just say people like us? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I said that. I meant, you know, generically us. I've spent many hours you. in counseling sessions with you, Lance. You just exposed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate to tell you, but I think the secret's out. But we do. We tend to make nice and, and kind of manage all right. situations to make sure that it doesn't get ugly or that the conflict doesn't happen. I think, again, people like me, not like <laughs> you, but I have a hard time releasing criticism, yeah. right? And I play those moments over and over, and they just kind of live in my soul way too deeply. And 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 I think another sign is we find way too much value and significance mm-hmm. in what other people think and say about us. And Gosh, you know, we don't live out of those sealed orders. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I feel good about myself when I think you think well of me. Wow. And I feel bad about myself when I think you don't think well of me. And so I think, you know, also it's just incredibly hard to really be honest and candid with people and to have uncomfortable conversations because, again, the narrative is if I say something that causes you not to like me, then I'm diminished in who I am. And so, again, we could probably expand on that list, but those are certainly things that have been a part of my Mm -hmm. journey. And why do you think, right, I I would affirm these these have been very much a part of my journey also, and I'm not sure if this is just part of being human or if this is unique to us, but for those of you who are listening, hopefully one of those things maybe hit home, but why do you think it's important for us as as followers of Jesus to really deal with this and to conquer this in our lives and to treat it like it needs to be treated, give it the attention that it needs? Yeah, and I, I think you're highlighting this really matters a lot. Mm-hmm. And 
I think the the first word that comes to my mind is a word you already mentioned, and the, and that's the word freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's the freedom that comes when I can truly be myself, and I can embrace who I am and my unique sealed orders. And it's so liberating to finally be set free and not be held hostage by people's opinions of you. And so I think there's just incredible freedom mm-hmm. that I can walk through my day and not be gauging every conversation or kind of managing everything around me to make sure everybody has a good opinion mm-hmm. of me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's exhausting. Right. Um, but I think there's another piece here that doesn't often get talked about, and that is, I think, honestly, it's the only way you can f- truly feel loved. And when I live from my, sol- my, from my false self, what I secretly, maybe subtly, quietly think is, if you knew the real me, you wouldn't love me. And that actually I'm a poser and I need to project this good image because that's the me that you would love. But when I am my true self and you love me with all my imperfections, that, Julie, is an incredibly wow. beautiful thing. And I would just say to the to the people listening, like the world and your church and your friends and your family need the authentic mm. you. Like you are a gift. Just just you with all your blemishes, imperfections, like you are a gift and you have a purpose. And what what we all need from you is to just be the real you. We don't need some kind of propped up hologram of somebody that you're projecting wow. because as long as you're living out as a hologram, you're never going to really feel authentically mm-hmm. loved. Wow. I just have to pause for a minute. That was so rich. If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. You know, when you when you said that the world, our, our relationships need the real us. And I think that, that one of the reasons this is so important is that approval addiction is actually the thief of intimacy. Yeah, It's going to so rob good. you of the intimacy that God has for you in your relationship with Him and in your relationship with with the people that that he's put in your lives and you know I, I think that is so true you can't be truly loved unless you're truly known and so to allow people in allow allow yourself to be known is so important i also think i don't mean to you know get super serious here but you know we we in scripture it, it in the 10 commandments the big 10 is, it, it says that we would have no no other idols before right. God. And I think a few years back, I realized that approval was actually an idol in my life. And mm. an idol is anything that I look to for fulfillment, for yeah. happiness, that that is not God, right? Yeah. And so right. when we place that something in in the place of God, that is what an idol is. And and I, I know that we don't think that we worship idols. We don't have little statues around. But when I recognized that, I realized that this was something that had to be taken down in my life, right? And and treating it like we, we call it an addiction because just as you would an addiction, you have to go after it, 
right? right? You have to deprive yourself for it, which means de- deprive yourself of it, right? So it means that maybe they're serving in in secret where no one sees the things that you're doing, and there's no way that you can get applause get to serve people that that are have nothing nothing to give you back, right? right. And proactively going after it, you know, is is such a it, you have to go after it or else it will continue to take you out and take you down. And yeah, yeah that's so, so good. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from experience there. So, but I, you know, I, I love that, that you, one of the things that I've heard you say a lot is that in this fight against approval addiction is, you know, to, to turn, to kind of flip the script and to take your eyes off of yourself, right? That we would become people that are there you are people instead of, here I am. You know, there's two types of people. There's the there you are people, like, hey, when they walk into a room, it's like, there you are. I'm so glad to see you asking questions about you. And then there's the here I am. Here I am. Let's focus on me. But we say that a lot around here, that, you know, that this is this is the kind of people we want to be that are looking out for others. And how do you think people, how do you think people can get to that place where they truly are authentically a there you are person? Yeah. I'm going to try to summarize what I feel like has been 20 years Mm. of journey with this and maybe, you know, boil it down and synthesize it in just, you know, a few minutes. But over the last 20 years, I've been on this journey to learn how to like live from a healthy soul and to find victory over my approval addiction and to you know, begin to get free from that. And it's it, it really has been, Julie, really a long, slow, incremental journey. I always tell people mm-hmm. like, hey, when it comes to this issue, you won't see much progress from Tuesday to Wednesday. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you will lean in and slow down and right. become self-aware and submit to the Holy Spirit, you will begin to feel the chains begin to loosen and you can begin to experience freedom. And one of the most helpful lessons I've been learning is around this word. It's not a biblical word, but it's a biblical concept. And it's the word differentiation. Mm -hmm. And I love Steve Cuss in his book, Managing Leadership Anxiety, says that differentiation is the ability to be yourself while being fully connected to people. And there's a lot underneath that, right? I mean, on one side, he's saying, I am able to be fully connected to people. Like, I am present, and I'm not detached. And when I walk into a room, it is not here I am, but it's like, no, there you are. I see you. You are known by me and valued by me. And I think it's what Paul is getting at when he says that we are able to honor one another above ourselves. That, to me, is like being able to go, there you are, and I am connected to you and feel connected to you. But on the other side, and this is where I've had so much struggle, I don't have an unhealthy need to find my significance from you. So no matter what your opinion of me, it doesn't shake my identity mm-hmm. as a beloved child of God. And this, and this is where it gets really practical and tricky. I don't use this filter of, What's Julie going to think of me and what's her opinion of me going to be to determine my actions and reactions? Mm. And I feel like for so many years, my actions and reactions and responses were guided by what are they going to say? How are they going to respond? And I would be held hostage by people's opinion of me. And there's this great uh, passage in the book of John when 
John the Baptist is asked, who are you, right? And we get asked that all the time. And where we can quickly go is to our internal scripts, our narrative, the story, the labels that we and others have put on us. And, and that's where we go. And someone goes, so is it the label Elijah? Is that who you are? Is it, are you a prophet? And, you know, I love the fact that John the Baptist was really clear about who he was and he didn't let all these outside labels right. tell him who he's going to be, that his job was to be the one who prepared the way for the Messiah. I also love, I, I say this especially to like church leaders and pastors, like every pastor probably should have tattooed John one twenty on them somewhere <laughs> because John the Baptist says to them, I am not the Messiah. <laughs> and, I, and I would just say to all of our listeners, you're not the Messiah. That's right. It's not your mm-hmm. job to fix everybody, That's rescue right. everybody, mm-hmm. save everybody from themselves. Like, 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 I am not the Messiah. And Mm -hmm. I think about Jesus was the ultimate example of someone who was differentiated. I mean, read through the Gospels and put that word differentiated as a filter as you read and you go, hey, right there, he's fully present. Like he is connected. He sees that person. Mm -hmm. He's near them. He's in a there you are Mm -hmm. moment. But he also was never held hostage by people's opinions. Like he said, he knew what was in their heart. and, And so he clearly lived out his calling mm-hmm. of being there you are, mm-hmm. but also being detached from being held hostage by right. people's opinion. Right. And so for me, I've been wor- walking this road to learn how to be differentiated mm-hmm. as a person and as a leader. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, I think it starts with, you said it, knowing who you are. Yeah discovering your true identity, doing a deep dive, you know, of what the truest thing about you is what God says about you, what the word of God says about mm. you, starting there. And then knowing who you are not, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that when you said you're not the Messiah, you are not God. You are not going to be able to control other people's feelings, emotions, attitudes towards you. And the longer that you try to do that, that you end up finding yourself in places that you never intended to be, finding yourself trapped in those opinions. And God just has so much more for us. You know, this a connected, free life is what he has for us. Absolutely. When we aren't differentiated, right? We find ourselves giving way too much weight to criticism and praise, right? Mm -hmm. To the criticism that comes our way and the praise. And with that comes this conflict avoidance, right? The avoid avoiding having really tough conversations. And I know this has been my struggle for, it was my struggle for many years, but I would love for you to share a little bit of your perspective on how we can help listeners so they can break free from this, that, that they can have the hard conversations with people to, that leads to intimacy. Yeah. Well, I think first off, I'd just say that, you know, for a lot of us who are leaders and in front of people, There's an old statement that says compliments are written in the sand, but criticism is written in wet cement. And that's certainly been true for me. And I've often carried disapproval deeply, and it takes a long time to dissipate. And so you're right, like criticism and praise has really had too much priority and importance in my life. And and I have to learn how to let that go. And, And I think... Part of what I've been working on is learning to take from criticism what I need to. Mm -hmm. And when I'm insecure and addicted to approval, 
I really can't receive constructive criticism because what someone might mean as sort of casual or normal feedback to a an approval addict, it just feels devastating, right? To a person who isn't differentiated, any criticism can feel like it's something that's crushing. So what you might mean as a one or two on a scale of intensity, I take it as an eight or a nine mm. because anything that goes toward criticism raises insecurity in me. I feel less than, I feel not enough. And so that's going to always keep me from wading into those uncomfortable conversations, right. right? That narrative that I tell myself, like I have to make sure they have a good opinion of me is going to keep me from ever wading into a place where my insecurities are going to be are going to be threatened. And so, I, again, on the practical side of like get on the solution side of this, right. there are two things that I feel like I've been working on for all these years that have been really helpful. Number one is just slow down and do the hard internal work and become a student of your own soul. Like you used the phrase a minute ago, do a deep dive on who you really are and what are some of the internal scripts that you've been carrying. And you probably are going to have to go back to your family of origin and to your early culture in your home and some messages that you heard that may not have all been all been all that helpful, but they've just been now etched in your soul, and you don't even realize it, but it's the story you constantly tell yourself, and a lot of times those stories are rooted in a lie, and so you have to go back. I've done some real work on like identifying like what are some of the scripts that I picked up early on that have guided my life, and sometimes those scripts have served me well, but there is a shadow side to them that is usually not very helpful. And I think the phrase I would put over this is you have to grow in self-awareness. And a quote you've used me, heard me use before that is not original with me, I wish it was, but it's this, self-awareness is your best defense against self-deceit. And so the more you grow in self-awareness, become clear about who you are, who you're not, then you're gonna actually learn how not to walk in deceit, but mm -hmm. to walk in freedom. Mm -hmm. So do a deep, dive on who you are. The second thing I'm learning on a practical level is what I would call learn to manage the moment, Julie. So moments and thoughts of insecurity and people-pleasing show up in my life completely out of, the, out of the blue like an uninvited guest who knocks on my door. And here's what I would say to all of us, especially those of you who this is a, a struggle for you. It's going to happen. They are going to show up. You're going to be in that conversation and you're going to feel the insecurity and the people pleasing rise to the surface. And you can't control the fact that they're going to show up at your door. But what you can control is you don't have to invite them in for coffee and cake. <laughs> you don't have to give them a seat on the That's couch, right? right? Mm -hmm. There is this moment mm -hmm. where I get to decide. And Viktor Frankl, who was a survivor of the Holocaust, has this great quote that I love. He says, between... The stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space, there is the power to choose our response. And then he says, in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Wow. So while I can't control the fact that those thoughts may assault me, there is a moment mm -hmm. that I get to decide, hey, am I going to respond to this? Am I going to manipulate or posture or put myself out there in a way that makes me seem like I'm something that I'm not? Mm. Or can I choose in that moment to just take a breath and go, I am a 
loved child of God, and I can just be myself. Mm. And I think part of it is learning to manage those moments and to, to make a choice in, in a microsecond, in a nanosecond, to actually be just my truest self. I love that. I love that. I, I think that's what you know. Scripture means when it says to take every thought captive and making yeah. it obedient yes. to Christ. And so what you said in that nanosecond, in that space between the event and the response, that we are actually taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient, and really, again, bringing them under the authority of God's Word and the authority of His Spirit in our lives. That's And you're going to... You're going to blow it. Like, yeah. I mean, you're going to have moments where you you just made a poor choice in that moment, but mm-hmm. you just regroup and you go back and you rehearse kind of like who you are in Christ and you just get back on the horse and you, you go again. And I would say like, I feel like for me, Julie, this is probably just going to be a lifelong struggle. I, I don't know that I'll ever have such freedom that I go, ah, Nailed it. I'm over it, you know. Like, no, I think this is probably something to keep me dependent, to keep me humble, mm-hmm. to keep me seeking to grow and to, to, to pursue God. I'm probably going to always mm-hmm. wrestle with this a little bit. And I bet there's some listeners out there, they're in that same place. Right. But gosh, when I look at where I am today versus 20 years ago, right. I love the victory and the freedom. Right. It's not mm-hmm. over. But wow, has God brought some healing and some transformation in my life in this journey. And that's the journey. I mean, that we never do arrive. So all of us are going to deal with insecurity. Thank you for just speaking that because I think sometimes we think that, oh, I should be at the point in my walk with the Lord that I don't have these thoughts of insecurity. But if we're human, we're going to deal with insecurity, right? And I I love, you know, that that you said you're always going to be dealing with it. So we have to go after it. And so... Thank you for allowing us to be human and allowing us to know that, you know, this is this is a lifelong journey and not to be so hard on ourselves when we mess up or, you know, because we may not be completely, you know, we, we, we're still going to be insecure, right? Yes. But we're going to be more secure than we were Absolutely. five years ago, 10 years ago. And healthier. And healthy. Just like yeah. living from that healthy place mm-hmm. of, I know who I am and I know what God thinks of me. It's so good. And- and it's okay. And it's okay. That's so great. You know, for those who are listening that that might be, again, struggling, the day-to-day struggle that we have with approval addiction or you know, trying to find people-pleasing, what's one final word that you might share with them? Final word, final scripture? Yeah, I have a, a little illustration I've told for years, but it's so insightful to me. So It's about a woman who played in the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra, and she was interviewed by a journalist, and the journalist asked a very insightful question. He asked, how does it feel to get a standing ovation from the crowd at the end of your performance on Saturday night, and then to get up Sunday morning and read the words of the critic in the newspaper? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you deal with that as a musician? And I loved her response. She said, oh, I learned a long time ago not to pay attention to either one, not the standing ovation of the crowd or the disapproval of the critic, because actually it's only the conductor who knows whether I played like I was supposed to. Come on. And that for me has been a calling to go, Lance, at the end of the day, 
Jesus is the one who created you, and you're going to give an account of your life to him. He is the conductor, and let his voice and his direction and his affirmation be the thing that really guides you. So don't worry about the ovations. Right. Don't worry about the critics. Like Just be who you're supposed to be. And uh, there's a verse, Julie, that I'll just close with in, in Galatians. And, and Paul's like pretty strong in this verse. Like He kind of comes after us. So he says, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. I'm going, wow, okay, that's Come pretty on. straightforward. But of God. And then he says, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And that's a pretty like bold and like challenging statement to kind of almost contrast like if I'm going to really be an approval addict, I'm really not doing much of a good job when it comes to being a servant of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because when I'm a servant of Jesus, I take out the sealed orders he gave me. Wow. And that's what determines my life, not people pleasing. And so – I think for someone like me, I need a strong verse like that. So. <laughs> That's so good. That's such a rich verse. And I think it's we need to post this one, you know, up on our mirror and just read it every single morning and just knowing that this isn't what God wants from us, it's what he has for us. Yes. He has a life of freedom, of joy, unencumbered by what people think unencumbered by insecurity. He wants to speak so much life into us. And the only way he can do that is if we keep our eyes on him and seek him first, the conductor, right? Yeah. Seek seek first the conductor and everything else is going to be added to us. And, and, and his those words aren't coming from a place of shame or no. like slapping our wrist, but rather I think what I would hope all of us can hear in what we've been talking about is actually an invitation from the Father mm-hmm. that like, hey, I have a better way, a way that's more life-giving and free. That's right. And it's an invitation to join him in that journey. That's beautiful. And this has just been so rich and so life-giving. And I really believe a lot of people are going to get a lot of help. I know that that I did. And for those of you out there, just thank you so much for listening today. And we're going to link all of Lance's books and some of his teaching into the show notes so that you can get more of Lance um, and just the wisdom that he has. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with a friend. And we just can't wait to join you next time on the So Good Sisterhood podcast. Have a great day. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, sogoodsisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.